I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. ESPN Radio. Definitely one of my favorite covers of all time. Originally, Black Sabbath, there, Metallica. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Colter Nuanas. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Hope you had a great week. Hope you got big plans for your Friday. Uh, if you don't, what a fun thing to do to just watch some basketball. It was a great night last night. And we'll get to some of my – I have such polarizing thoughts about all of it because I had the greatest time watching games last night. So fun. Uh, loved it. And I just I just don't like watching Division I men's college basketball in the regular season, and it's because it's not the same sport as we watched last night. And I don't know why there has to be this disconnect, but maybe they don't care. Maybe they just, if it, as long as it's great in March, that's all that matters. I don't know. It, it's fascinating to me. We'll come back to that, though, here in just a minute. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, we did talk about Kansas State's epic win uh, over Michigan State in overtime. We also broke down the other Sweet 16 matchups, including Florida Atlantic moving into the Elite Eight. UConn, uh, yet another tournament run for the Huskies. Uh, they destroyed Arkansas, and then an all-time classic, Gonzaga gets past UCLA. We also talked uh, some high school baseball, some uh, high school golf with state or with Class B uh, state golf getting underway, and uh, we also gave you some sound bites from Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach, all about the Zach Cruz situation over there in Montana State, former Mon- Missoula Sentinel standout and Montana commit. Uh, Got some serious hot water because of some social media posts and uh, has been sort of out of the football world and the limelight for the last couple of years. And now he's back as a walk on there participating uh, in Montana State spring ball. So uh, you can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Dow podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit Go Blackfoot. Com to see how Blackfoot Communications can help you and your small business. Also presented by the M Store, where they are all grizz all the time, located right here in downtown Missoula, the corner of Higgins and Broadway. And also presented by the MSU Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold. Anytime you're on campus, on game day, or any other day. A whole bunch of stuff to get to today we're, uh, in the second hour. We're going to play a little blindside for sure. But I wanted to talk first about the departure of the most recent Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Coach of the Year, Mark Campbell. The news a couple days ago that he is out to TCU. So uh, Campbell led Sac State to 25 victories this last season. That's the most in their school's history. It was their first 21 year ever. They shared the Big Sky regular season title for the first time ever. 
They won the Big Sky Conference Tournament for the first time ever. And after two years at Sac State, he's moving on up and moving on out. We talked about Sac State's championship several times with Krista Redpath and myself and Andrew. But I thought it was is such a unique is a truly correct word for it because there's never really been a champion like that in Big Sky Conference uh, women's basketball. Mark Campbell employed the exact same strategy two years in a row. Go get the most impactful transfers you can possibly get. Get get better talent than everybody else in the league has, and then ride that talent as far as you possibly can. Leona Tilbin was the Big Sky MVP her first and last and only season at Sac State and Campbell's first season at the helm. And then Kalasia Dean this last year stepped into that role and was even more efficient and uh, even more impressive. And she, again, was Big Sky MVP. So Mark Campbell basically brought two Big Sky MVPs in in two years straight out of the portal, and both of them were one-and-done players. And now he's a two-and-done coach uh, on his way to the Big 12. He replaces uh, Reagan Peebley, who's been there at, at TCU, for uh, was there for nine years. She just resigned. Uh, TCU was pretty good under Peebley early. They went to the NCAA tournament. They also went to the women's NIT, I think, four times. Uh, but they have had a below 500 record three years in a row. So she steps down, and uh, Mark Campbell steps up. Uh, to put that in perspective, in terms of money-wise, I believe he just got himself about a half a million dollar a year raise. So uh, hard to deny the money, hard to deny the uh, lure of the Power Five. But also, uh, I think it just shows you, if you want to move up, there's a lot of different ways you can go. And I think there's sometimes a perception of that if you're trying to become a Power 5 head coach, that you should walk this certain path. Mark Campbell was in the mix for the head coaching job at Montana. And uh, some sources say he was even down all the way down the wire between Brian Holsinger and Mark Campbell. And then Mark Campbell ended up stepping outside the search and... uh, no one really knows if Montana straight up hired Brian Holsinger over Mark Campbell or if Mark Campbell removed himself from the search and then uh, ended up resurfacing at Sac State. But that's my biggest take on this thing is if Mark Campbell, ironically, Montana women's basketball has more tradition than Sac State will probably ever achieve. Yet if you want to have a, a, a stepping stone to the Big 12, you're actually much, uh, you have a much higher probability of moving on and moving up by going to Sac State and turning that around than you do by coming to Montana. Because at Montana, to have the greatest season in school history, you would basically have to go undefeated. <laughs> like You would have to win 33, 34 games and then, you know, apples to oranges for sure. Turning the Lady Grizz back into a perennial power will certainly garner uh, elevated opportunities for Brian Holsinger or otherwise. And I'm not sure what that's what his plan is or not, whatever it might be. Certainly, success at Montana can be translated into success at the highest, or an opportunity at the highest level, uh, at least I think. But to me, it was very clear from the moment Mark Campbell left Oregon and went to Sac State that his aspirations were to be a Power Five head coach. And now that the uh, the very small, very short sample size is complete, it was a brilliant move. <laughs> he really did. Uh, just go and have the greatest season in school history and then bounce straight up to the Big 12. Yeah, Mark Campbell has played the game better than anybody that I have seen. Not the game on the court, but he understands the meta game of college basketball right For now sure. and where it's going and what he can take advantage of. I think you're absolutely right, Coulter. 
that for a guy like that, Sacramento State was absolutely a better place to go than Montana if he was looking to move up as soon as possible. You don't have to worry about tradition. You don't have to pay homage to the ghosts in the program at Montana. You don't have to worry about developing players because that's the thing here. Mark Campbell is the kind of coach. I don't know how many people who are listening know about Mark Campbell's background. Mark Campbell was an assistant coach at Oregon for years. He was the prime recruiter at Oregon. He recruited right. Sabrina Ionescu Who's one of the Oregon. greatest women's basketball players on the earth. He recruited Satu Sabali right. to Oregon. Right. One of Satu Sabali's sister is one of his assistant coaches at Sac State. He was selling... He's a guy who has the connections and has the cachet to sell himself instead of the program. So he did not need Montana, and he decided to go another way. And now, you know, the way that he built that Sacramento State team, not only identifying Sacramento State as the place where he could go to build the team this way, but the way that he did it, getting the talent out of the portal, putting them in the on-court system to succeed, with a minimum of development and a minimum of teaching uh, it, it was brilliant. No, well, I was down at ESPN Radio. Andrew Houghton chiming in here uh, on your radio dial. The uh, It's totally brilliant because also there's a variety of reasons why from – and I'm not saying it's absolutely impossible to get transfers like Kalasia Dean and Isnel Nadabo and some of the other transfers that he brought into SAC over the last two years to places like Montana. But it's a lot harder and it's a lot less likely. That's also part of it. There, there was no plan here to build Sac State for anything long-term, and I have no idea where they turn after this. I also find it interesting, though, the only other situation I can ever think of like this in any sport in the big sky is also at Sac State, and it involved Troy Taylor going three and done, winning three straight big sky titles, having the greatest run in Sac State history by a million, and then boom, Moves on to Stanford. Great job by Sac State's athletic director, by the way, for identifying for sure. these great, uh, talented coaches. But now you just have to wonder where they go from here uh, as programs. But that was clearly not of concern, especially to somebody like Mark Campbell. No, and I love the Troy Taylor comparison, too, also because of the affinity that they had with one position on the court, right? Taylor right. could bring in a quarterback and put it in That's their right. hands. And Mark Campbell obviously bringing in a point guard both years and putting the whole thing in their hands. And it just simplifies. You don't have to go to the portal and recruit an entire team. What both of those guys showed is that if you can get that position locked down because of your background, again, Troy Taylor coached one of the greatest high school quarterbacks ever in high school with Jake Browning. Uh, If you can get that position locked down, not a ton of other stuff matters. So, yeah, Sac State's in a really interesting position now with football, of course. They took the approach that we're going to try to build on what Troy Taylor has laid down here Yeah, with hiring uh, Andy Thompson right. as the head coach, who was uh, the D.C. there at Sac State. He's the guy who's actually been in the program yeah. uh, for longer than Troy Taylor, right? Yeah, and there's also some stuff... Well, I guess though Andy Thompson went from Northern Arizona to Sac State with Troy Taylor. When Troy Taylor got, Troy Taylor gotcha. got but he's been it seems like he's been there for he's been there for four years because Taylor got hired the year before and the pandemic. And he's been around the league for a while. Oh, and so, yeah, Andy Thompson's been around the league since he was a player at Montana in the early two thousands, and then he was at NAU for, you know, almost fifteen years and now has been at SAC for four years. I do think there's a there's a complete difference though, like I mean, maybe not. Maybe you can just just replicate the the idea that Campbell brought to Sac State, in that you're just going to get 
the most uh, impactful grad transfer you possibly can to come in. I do think that some of the stuff that Troy Taylor implemented at Sacramento State has a chance to, to carry, to carry over. Because yeah. he had four years of building a program, even though it was only three seasons because they had that whole pandemic year. Like one of the main reasons why Sac State football has become so good, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that listen there saying, well, they don't win in the playoffs. Okay, but they also used to never win ever anything. So, you know, making it to the playoffs three years in a row when you've never been in the playoffs, that's a huge jump. But the number one thing that they did was they, they, they just decided, okay, where we are at, there is a bunch of really good players. We don't need to keep screwing around and going down to L.A. and competing with 50 different high or colleges to get talent. Let's just get the dudes in Sacramento and in, in Northern California to come here. And that's how they got guys like Cameron Scadaboo and Pierre Williams and guys that are literally from right in the middle of Sacramento. That's a strategy that you can carry forward. Certainly, and that was a big part of Campbell's strategy, too, right? For like, sure. Kalasia Dean is from California. She That's was, right. That's right. She played her entire college career in Michigan. Right. It's not surprising that, you know, that idea was uh, enticing to her of coming back home and being For sure. uh, the leader of that program. But I think the other the other data point here that we're looking at is they're trying to do it with the men's basketball program, too, with David Patrick. Right. In terms of, in terms of going into the portal, getting talent out of the portal and taking advantage of that and building a, building a team around a great recruiter, a guy who's got a ton of connections in the game, even if he really is an outsider to the conference. Duane is now ESPN Radio. I think that it's way easier to employ this strategy in women's basketball than it is for men's basketball. Because I think that you can you can bring in a Kalasia Dean, and I think that everybody on your roster, whether they're new or returning, can clearly see that she's going to be your best player. And they all accept it. I think you're going to always have a really hard time in basketball because no matter what, in men's basketball, there's always ego involved. No matter what transfers you bring in, they're all going to think they're going to be the Kalasia Dean. And that's where you get muddled and you have an up-and-down year and you go 7-11 in a league like Zach State just did. No doubt. Zach Chappelle ended up being the best player on that team. The and he's one the that lone they kept. returner. Exactly. That's right. You're right. That, I think that right there actually identifies what is one of the biggest challenges in mid-major men's college basketball. Women's basketball, and this is why we both enjoy covering it. Everybody knows that Darian White is the is the show at Montana State. Even Cole Badbear is an all-league player. She knows that Darian White's the one running the show. Same thing at SAC. They got a probably future pro in Isnel Nadabu. Just, to, just in terms of her physical stature, she's going to play basketball. She's going to make money playing basketball someday just because she's 6'5 and so big and strong. And she knows that Kalaja Dean is, is, your, is your go-to player. The hierarchy is so much more defined in women's hoops than it is in men's hoops. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I just think that Campbell's vision was so clear about the stuff that he wanted them to run and what this yeah. team was going to look like that it sort of uh, there were no arguments about it, right? Because yeah. you know, even in women's basketball, I think we've seen Montana have a little bit of an issue with that this year, and maybe that's just because there's nobody on the Lady Grizz who is good enough to take that alpha dog role, or or maybe it has the personality to want to. Sure, and that can be an issue too, or maybe both. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just think that – I think a lot of that has to be attributed to Campbell as well, just for the, the clarity of the vision and uh, the strength which, which, with which he stuck to the vision. It was impressive to watch because, like, Sac State 
watching them in women's hoops. And Kalisha Dean is going pro too, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Like, don't, don't fool yourself. Oh, She's oh, going to oh, be no playing doubt. somewhere. No, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Sac State was like the easiest to diagnose what they were doing, like schematically and X's and O's wise, of any team that we've covered at Skyline Sports or ESPN, I think. It's so very clear what they were doing. Like, like you're saying, it, it, the, the beauty's in the simplicity. We're going to play a high-usage point guard, and we're going to center a bunch of ball screens. If that doesn't work, we're going to dump it to our big post. And if not, we're going to kick it out to the perimeter, and that's what we're going to do. They ran like four sets. They walked the ball up the court. They sub one player in. They play six players. That's it. Here's my four shooters. Here's my ball-dominant point guard. Here's my post. Let's roll. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. But in a way, it takes a lot of... Guts to play like that, oh, for right? Sure. Because if that fails, who's on the hook for that? It's the coach is going. You know, people sure. are going to be saying, "Why didn't she? Why didn't she coach them any better?" But Campbell was always very, like I said, strong in his vision of, of this is what we're going to do and this is going to work. The over coaching, I think, it's one of the biggest problems in college sports. But I also understand why it exists because it it's what these coaches sell as their selling point to get jobs and. Uh, it, what's, it's what makes them so powerful within the scope of it all. But I, I often think that um, what North Dakota State is is such a, a example of this. NDSU doesn't run anything fancy. Sure. They run the same stuff. They've run the same stuff. Four coaches, five quarterbacks. They run A-gap power right at you, right in your face. They can literally tell you we're running A-gap power and they can still get six yards. I think it's a lot of what we're talking about with Jerome Tang in the first hour, For sure, too, right? right? And I love Jerome Tang's in-game stuff. I actually liked a lot of Mark Campbell's in-game stuff, sure, too, yeah, yeah. in terms of the simple things that he did to put pressure on the defense. Yeah. But a lot of it is is right. It's what you're talking about. There's so many benefits to not cluttering up the players' heads with all the, the thoughts about the intricate stuff that you're going to run. you just and, and trusting the players, and that leads into a lot of positive externalities, right, just in, in yeah. terms of mindset. I mean, why does Montana State football rush for 300 yards a game? Their offensive line runs one of, like, four plays. It's zone block. It's outside zone right, outside zone left, counter right, counter left. Every once in a while, they'll throw power in there. And then the 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 complexity is... The pre-snap motions, the 19 different players that get the ball, and then you have to have the wizard with the ball, Tommy Malat, to get it all over the place. But I mean, that—that's in essence. Why did Montana State have no returning stars on the offensive line last year, and then they came in with a completely undersized group of sophomores and just smashed people in the face? Because those guys are doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's so simple; they don't ever have to have their head spinning. It's a great analogy for Sac State because Kalaja Dean was that Tommy Malat player for them this year. She was yep. the one who could keep the whole thing running. Uh, and it was. I mean, they had a bunch of wrinkles in it in terms of, you know, they could bring Penuetta over to screen for and run a pick and pop. They could run double screens. They were running some interesting stuff. But she was the only, you know, the one who had to be counted on to make all those reads. Everybody else's job was really simple. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We are nearing halftime in the uh, San Diego State-Alabama game in Rutrow. I think Alabama was the number one chosen team to win the national championship. I know I got them winning the Natty. They are losing 28-23, so uh, by far not even close to over. But San Diego State, I I will say, I was high on San Diego State in the first weekend of the tournament. And the only reason I didn't have them going any farther than this is because I knew they were going to play Alabama. 
But I actually bet a lot of money on San Diego State their first two games, and I know a lot of people did not. A lot of people had SDSU losing to Charleston in the first round. So San Diego State can certainly hang. They have um, a great athletic uh, forward who, to me, when I watched him, I said, I thought to myself, if that guy can get just a little bit more skilled, he is absolutely going to be an NBA guy. But Alabama has a guy that might be one of the top picks in the draft when he comes out in Brandon Miller. So we'll see. But 28-23, San Diego State leads Alabama. Houston and Miami are underway. Uh, Isaiah Wong, who's been carrying the day for Miami these first two rounds of the tournament, he hits a jumper. And the Hurricanes up 11-10 to on Houston. So two top seeds losing right now really early in the Houston game, just five minutes in. Uh, but only 33 seconds left in the first half of the uh, San Diego State-Alabama game. And a little Montana-connected drama in the women's tournament as well. Ooh, what's going on with Utah? I know they tipped. They are up 63-62 on Ooh. LSU with 25 Ooh. seconds left. Okay, Jordan Sullivan, former Lady Grizz, former Lady Grizz coach, and a great friend of the show. I always tease her. I said, if you ever get out of coaching, you can certainly be a contributor here on Nuanas Now because she's just great on the radio. Love hanging out with Jordy. Uh, but she is... Uh, Assistant coach there at Utah, and they are a two seed. They've had a absolutely banner year. Uh, Back twelve champions during the regular season, and uh, back and forth with LSU. So we'll let you know what's going on with that one. Yeah, two against three in that game, and that's the thing with the women's tournament. It's it's two against three, but when you get down to that level of teams, you're playing one of the best players in the country. And, for you sure, know, LSU's got Angel Reese, who I think was a finalist for the the Women's Player of the Year award or uh, first team All American. So this would be a big win for Utah, even oh, it'd though be a huge win. I mean, LSU has way more basketball tradition for women's basketball. That's than, right, and they got Utah. Kim Mulkey there now. I mean, uh, yeah, she's one of the greatest. So even though Utah's the two seed, this would be a huge win uh, for the Utes. Kim Mulkey is so awesome because not only are her press conferences so great, and not only is she such an awesome coach, but her outfits are just stellar. Like right now, I just Googled, or I just Twittered Kim Mulkey's outfit. If you want to see it, I mean, this is spectacular. She's wearing white pants, and she's got like this multicolored coat that has like pink feathers coming off of it. I just love her. Uh, She's so good. Uh, This is a great tweet. Somebody's comparing it to one of the robes that the Nature Boy Ric Flair used to wear. So, gotta love it. Uh, All of our uh, extensive March Madness uh, coverage from our Bracket Challenge to our Tournament Takeover. Couldn't do it without all our great sponsors, including Up Top Clothing. Get ready for all the madness all month long and get ready for all the sports all year long with Up Top Clothing. Up Top Clothing has given us $500 worth of prizes for our ESPN MT Bracket Challenge. They're also giving you $5 off each and every purchase online at teamuptop.com. All you got to do is use ESPN5 at checkout, and uh, you'll receive $5 off every purchase. Don't wait. Head over to Team Up Top to start shopping now. Up Top Clothing reminding you to take a step back and enjoy the moment. We're going to take a break here and uh, come back and uh, keep talking some some uh, common talking points from this show. I want to get Andrew's thoughts on what are the things that are eluding the Big Sky Conference. Why can't Montana, Montana State be like Princeton? We'll tell you next. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. 
Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. One of my great friends, I should just say at this point, one of my my brothers, he recently went to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Had never been to a Bruce Springsteen concert. I myself have not either, but he (laughs) proclaimed that it was among not just the greatest concerts of his life, one of the greatest moments of his entire life. He's not the first person that has told me that either. So, uh, Got to be on the bucket list. Go see the boss if you can. Sounds pretty fun. Down to the wire, and Utah is absolutely on the ropes in women's basketball. Alexis Morris knocks down a pair of free throws uh, after Utah actually got an opportunity uh, at the rim. It was blocked. Then uh, Utah got the rebound, and then LSU's star player, Angel Reese, got called for a foul, uh, but then Utah turned the ball over. And Alexis Morris cashes in a couple free throws and uh, LSU up 66-63. The primary reason we're telling you about that, not only is it a women's Sweet 16 game, but also a Jordan Sullivan, a Sydney, Montana product, an all-big sky player for the Lady Grizz, and then an assistant coach at Montana for a handful of years. She is now a coach uh, at the University of Utah. So uh, once that goes final, we'll let you know. Uh, Utah did take a timeout, so they'll have one last chance, but they're down 66-63, less than two seconds left there. Uh, This game being played in Greenville, uh, North Carolina. New Orleans now, ESPN, right? Is that right? Uh, South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina, right. Greenville, South Carolina, sorry. Greensboro, North Carolina, where Andrew spent a little time last week, and uh, Greenville, South Carolina. That's right. The Carolinas, it's like one of the only places I've never been to that I actually want to go to. I, or the Carolinas are pretty sweet, right? Yeah, what, what's your reason beyond going there? We used to go to the beach there when I was littler. This is the first time I've been in North Carolina yeah. in probably seven or eight years. I, I guess, I, I, it's not true, I have been to North Carolina because I've been to Richmond. I've been to Richmond once. Richmond and I thought, is the capital of Virginia. Oh, Virginia. See, okay, see, I don't even know where I'm at where I'm, when I'm anywhere in the world. I uh, have been to Richmond, thought it was very cool. Uh so I haven't been to North Carolina then. That's uh, why I, I just I, I don't know the the scenery looks pretty. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of college towns which usually caters to uh, people of high intellect. Everybody I've ever met from North Carolina and South Carolina are delightful. So it just seems like it would be right up my alley. All of that is true. It's a very it's a beautiful state, beautiful country. I've never <laughs> been to South Carolina now, which I guess is kind of. Virginia, I think Virginia and North Carolina are more like similar. sociologically similar because sure. they were the tobacco states. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then South Carolina is like really part of the South. Yeah, I have been to uh, Virginia several times. I've been to D.C. a handful of times and uh, then been down to Virginia, been to Mount Vernon. We were in Harrisburg, Harrisonburg the other uh, year, a couple of years ago, covering Montana at James Madison. So 
uh, fun travels. Yeah, I got to say the barbecue that I had on this trip was right up there with the Ooh. barbecue that we had in Huntsville. Oh, baby. On that uh, nice. on that jaunt one down of, through Virginia and Texas. One of our great adventures when we went to what looked like a cabin straight out of Deliverance in Huntsville, Texas to get some barbecue. Blake Hempstead's driving the rental car, and he's like, what are you guys doing? Where are we going? And I'm like, man, we, if we get out of the car and we can smell it, then it's going to be good. We get out the car, we can smell it. We're like, all right, we're going in here. We ate ourselves sick. I think I, I think it cost like 40 bucks for the whole thing for three of us to have like a six-course meal. That was awesome. That was fun, fun memories. Uh, game final from Greenville, LSU 66, Utah 63. So... The great run by the Utes is finished, but uh, no shame in losing to the Tigers. I mean, shoot, they're 30-2 and two and uh, a number three seed. So uh, good uh, effort there by Utah. Jordan Sullivan, former Lady Grizz, coaching there uh, for the Utes. Uh, Andrew, I want to ask you about what we've been talking about on the show for the last uh, week or so. The, the Big Sky continues to have the longest drought between NCAA tournament wins of any league in the country. Now that comes with a caveat because the Big Sky has never played in the play in game, and there's a couple leagues that have had teams in the play in game that won the play in game, so that counts as an NCAA tournament win. Although, you know, if you're Texas Southern, win in the play in game a couple times, so then go get beat by 30 by the number one seed. I don't really know if I would trade that for uh, being in the mix, but regardless, Montana's win over Nevada in 2006, the last time a Big Sky Conference tournament team. Won a game, and and every time we have an Oral Roberts like we did last year, or a Princeton like we did this year, teams that are really getting 15 seeds, like oftentimes the Big Sky champions do. I always wonder well, why Princeton and not Montana, or why Oral Roberts and not Montana State. What do you think? Well, I think first off, to start this discussion, you got to acknowledge that at those levels, a lot of that is due to just luck. You don't get you get one chance at this a year, right? And at, at that level, I mean, a shot going your way, a, a turnover going your way or not, is what leads some of these conferences to have one win in the last 20 years and the Big Sky to have no wins in the last 20 years. Like, there's not a lot of variance between that. My, my initial thought is that a lot of what we're trying to explain here is that there's something wrong with the league or there's some issue that the league needs to fix. A lot of that can just be explained away by the fact that that luck didn't go with them. I mean, Eastern Washington certainly could have beaten Kansas three years ago now, and then we wouldn't be having this discussion. You know, I think that there are universes in which Montana State wins this year against Kansas State. Uh, They were close enough in that game, and just some things didn't go their way. Aside from that, you know, I think I'm not so sure it's an issue with the styles in the league. I mean, we talk, you, we've talked about that, how the league doesn't have a defined style. Right. I think a lot of times that can be an advantage, right? We talk about this a lot in football, right? Sure. It's an advantage where you're playing the triple option and the run and shoot and sure. the pro style right. offense and having to go against all of those in conference. That works out more in football because it's more of a, it's, it's a peer level, right? Like you are prepared for whatever draw you can get in football because you're going to be playing other FCS programs. Sure. But I think, you know, I think that, there is a way in which that hurts the big sky in basketball because the non-conference scheduling is just so tough. And we talk about this in, yeah, in yeah. terms of seeding. 
in yep. terms of not being able to get good non-conference games to come to your arena right. so that you can't get a good seed in the NCAA tournament. Right. You're never going to get a, a 13 or a 12. Right. But also I think that the limited availability or the limited pool of teams in this part of the country yeah. that you can schedule for non-conference games hurts as well because then you're not seeing that variety. You're seeing sure. the same teams in the non-conference over and over. You don't have as yeah. much diversity in what you're going against. It's also a way more uphill battle for the Montana schools than anybody else in the big sky. But that's what we're talking about because those schools have kind of carried the flag for the conference in, no in a lot of ways. No question. But Weber State can get Utah State to play them every year. And even if it's just up the road in Logan, it's still just up the road in Logan. Eastern Washington can get Washington State to play them. Even if it has to be in Pullman, that's not a brutal trip. It's an hour drive. No. Th- you know what I mean? Like I get that. But yeah. like somebody like St. Peter's can get any one of 20. Yeah, yeah, right. Power five or, or high major teams For sure. to play them. There's just so much more variety. Well, what do you think of this? It's ironic because there's this there's this cliche that the big sky doesn't have any big men. That the big men is like the most devoid position in the league. Except that the school with the best big men win the league pretty much every year. Like the only league champion I can think of in the last 20 years that didn't have the number one center in the league was North Dakota when they had Quinton Hooker and, and Geno Crandall. But whether you're talking about um, the Grizz in the in the 2000s with guys like uh, Andrew Strait, or you're talking about even Eastern Washington, who's known for this spread it out style, but they still had Vake Joyce and Jake Wiley and Bogdan Blizniak and Tanner Groves, and also all of those, all the best big men in the Big Sky are going to play professionally. Oh, for sure. Like I mean, we were staying. I mean, a we lot were staying. Quality coming through for yeah, sure. We were we, with Ball and Boy. The Grizz, even in recent years, with Martin Bruning and Brian Qualley and guys like that. And then this last couple of years, the Cats, I mean, Raekwon Bowles, great player. Xavier Bishop, great player. Darius Brown, good player. But it's it's great Osobar and Jabril Bello that really put the Cats over the top in the league. But I actually think that that's the thing that hurts the league more than any other factor. Because all those guys we just named were great big guys that dominated the league. There's only one of the guys that we just named that can step out and shoot threes. It's Tanner Groves. And that's why Tanner Groves... He got to be the most dominant player in the league and the Big Sky MVP and then also go drop 36 against Kansas because he can step out and shoot. Like when I watch Princeton, that's the thing that makes them go around. Their big guys are not stuck on the block like Jabril Bello. Their big guys can move and pick and pop and all that stuff. I think that's the thing maybe that holds just from a a, a, a – tangible basketball standpoint that holds the league back. Well, and also, what are we seeing this year in the NCAA tournament? It really is about the guard play. Uh, you know, yeah. a fairly Dickinson, uh, of course, everybody knows they're the shortest team in college basketball this year. You come out and beat the tallest team in Purdue because of the guard play. And Kansas State's run, of course, has been driven by the guards. I think Furman, you know, you, you, you need... I am wondering if you can win on that level when the big man is your star. You right. need your bigs to be able to survive. Right. You need right. your bigs right. to not get blown off the ball and give up two offensive rebounds every possession until the, until the high major team scores. Right. But I don't know if you can win if the bigs are your stars. No, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Andrew Houghton chiming in here with me, uh, Coulter Nuanez. I think the other deal is 
that it's not just one or the other. You, you need both, actually. You need big guys that can hang, and you also need to make some threes. That was the, the most common That's, theme between Danny Sprinkle and my conversation every week was, I love everything we're doing. I love the shots we're getting. It's only a matter of time before we knock down 12 or 13 threes in a game, but they just never did. Yeah, and if they had done that against Kansas State, they might have won that game. For sure. Yeah, I guess that's sort of what I'm getting at, right? You need bigs who can hang, right? but you need perimeter players who can actually win the game for you. For sure. And that, and when you look at the, the last Grizz team to do this, when Montana beat Nevada 87-79, it's because they had a great big in Andrew Strait who could battle down low, and he was great in that game. But then they also had Kevin Criswell and Virgil Matthews and guards that hit a bunch of huge shots. And that's what really carried the day. And that that's why it's so, not disappointing, but so like historically significant that Damian Lillard never got a well, chance at it. And that was going to be my last question for you on this subject. It's Lillard is absolutely the number one guy that you think of when you think of this. Because, I mean, he was a you know top 10 draft pick right out of Weber State and was, you know, NBA Rookie of the Year and has been an All-NBA player since then. But... If you name the, the best individual talent, talented guards over the last 15 years, it's it's Lillard, it's Rodney Stuckey, it's Jordan Davis at Northern Colorado, Andre Spite at Northern Colorado as well. Um, it's, you know, Tyler Hall at Montana State, Harold Frey at Montana State. None of those guys went to the NCAA tournament. So is there a, a factor here where the big sky's not doing a good enough job protecting its best team, or is it just not sending the team that would have the best chance to the tournament? Because those two things can be different, right? Like, that's the ironic part, is the Cats winning the tournament was actually the first time the non-one seed has gone to the tournament since it moved to a neutral site. That's a really undertold story. The top seed in the big sky in men's hoops has gone to the tournament eight out of the last nine years. This is the first time they hadn't since they moved to a neutral site. But maybe it's not that they don't protect their best team, it's that the team that would have the best chance actually isn't the best team in the league. Yeah, maybe that's it. I think that, you know, the Big Sky Tournament sort of selects for the same thing that you would want to have in a first-round NCAA tournament game, you know, to win three games yeah. or four games even in the Big Sky Conference Tournament. I think you do, you need great guard play. You need yeah. guys who can hit shots. I, I don't really think that this is something that's maybe, you know, all that worth arguing about because in the end it's, yeah. it's just not going to change. You need for to sure. make if, – if you want to refute that point as a conference – right. You just need to make sure that you have multiple teams who can make who can potentially challenge a high major team in the NCAA tournament, For sure. and that way you don't have to have your number one seed or your clear best team going on. You want the top of the conference to be deep. And I guess the last point I'll make here about sort of the bigs versus guards, uh, I think we're seeing, and I think we saw this against Montana with Montana State this year too. Big Sky teams can recruit good big men. For sure. Big Sky teams can also recruit good point guards. Right. The toughest thing for it's teams the other guys. at this level to recruit is it's the, other guys. the guys yeah. who can knock down those big three-pointers for sure. but can also stay on the court. For sure, that's man. Really, that's a tough player to get at this level. That, that's what Princeton's got going on right now. They got six dudes who when the ball kicks out on the double team, this guy is not creating his own shot ever. He's just catching it and shooting it, and he's just stroking. But also he can play defense, and right. if you, you force him to handle the ball, yeah. he's not going to you yeah. know he's not gonna go crazy and dribble it off his leg. The last point I'll make here is that sometimes the league has a lot of parity in it, and they beat each other up. And so the best team going on, 
they're only incrementally better than the other teams. But there's been a couple times when there was definitively a really good team in the Big Sky over the last 15 years. And I do think it actually could be summed up as simple as this. When you got a team that has Ahmad Rory as the point guard and Michael Ogine as the two guard and you got Jamar Coe as your center and you got all these pieces, you got to just go play well. You just have to go play well. Like, that Grizz team guarded their butts off, and they held Michigan to 61 points or whatever. You just got to play well. Like, if you just hit shots and stay in that game, you win that game. Like, that team was very, very, very capable of winning. Very well built. They had a guy like I'm talking about, like Bobby Moorhead. For sure. He's the perfect, you know, archetype of that guy. who 6'7", could play D, could shoot it if he can shoot it that day. Right. Yeah. No, I think that that's really it. I mean, that's the thing. Why did Eastern Washington take Kansas down to the wire? Because they played well. That means as simple as that. They just played really, really well that day. And then to bring it back around to the beginning, even if you do all that, you got to get lucky in these games. Yeah. And maybe it's just as simple as on days where they, the Big Sky has had a well-built team in the tournament yeah. and they've played well, they just haven't gotten lucky. Man, the thing is, too, I will never forget that Eastern Washington game because if that game was not in the pandemic tournament and it wasn't being played at this, like, fairgrounds gym that's like a high school gym in front of like 425 people most of them the kids parents you get the whole the, crowd behind the you. whole crowd is behind you and all of a sudden then kansas crumbles but like i'll never forget the last media timeout bill self called a timeout and he's like get it together and then kansas went boom 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 and hit three threes in a row and then Eastern hit who had had all the juice. They'd had the juice for 34 minutes. They lost the juice, and and uh, it just went by the wayside. Thank you for hashing that out with me. I'm going to continue to hash it out. And uh, it actually is. Maybe it is just as simple as it coming down to playing well when you do have uh, an elite team. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Uh, for getting us through the month of March. It's always a super busy time, and we love going on our uh, travels for our tournament takeover, and we love hosting our ESPN Bracket Challenge. We've gotten some some messages, some texts, some DMs on the Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you want full details on all of our prize packages, go hit us up on Facebook. I'm t- talking about the Bracket Challenge. You can go check out our Facebook page or our Instagram page or our Twitter page. We have on there, all the prize packages available for our ESPN Bracket Challenge. Also, there's we have seriously like 400 entries in this pool. We can see your username. We don't know who you are. Some of you have your name attached to your username. Others don't. So it would be helpful, especially if you're in contention, to text us, 406-888-1029. I'm going to keep on you because we got a couple weeks left of this. Before we decide, or I guess before you decide, because this is no decision on our part. This is whoever whoever makes the best picks is, is going to carry the day. But uh, it, it would help us a lot if you just text us at 406-888-1029 and say, Hey, this is this. My username is this. Just tell us your name and your username, and that will help us get ahead of uh, sorting some things out. We have thousands of dollars of prizes, including a couple top prizes cash prize from Katie O'Keefe's, as well as a couple great memorabilia boxes from Dewtown Sports Cards. So uh, you had to have your entries in already, but I got to say thanks to those great sponsors. If you need somewhere to watch the games this afternoon and this evening, head on down to Katie O'Keefe's. It's located there in the Stevens Center. They got a whole bunch of great TVs. You can order food from anywhere you want and uh, get it delivered there or just bring it in. They don't have food there, but that's actually what makes it a great place to watch games. 
Get whatever you want. Don't argue over the food. And to go hang out at Katie O'Keefe's watching all the madness. Second half underway between Alabama and San Diego State. Crimson Tide back ahead, 31-30, to about three minutes into the second half. And then Houston and Miami, five minutes to go in the first half, and Miami leads Houston 31-29. to We'll give you some final updates and get you prepped up for next week as well. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. It's like my favorite song when I was like 10 years old. I used to have this sweet Walkman that had Tetris on it. It's a tape. I had a tape on one side, Michael Jackson Thriller. On the other side, Dire Straits Making Movies. Definitive tape of my life. I used to love that tune. <laughs> Hope you're having a great day. Hope you have a great week. Happy Friday. Lots of Sweet 16 action uh, going down again tonight. And by the time we're back on the radio with you on Monday here on Nuanas Now, we will have a set Final Four, so uh, looking forward to that. Miss anything in today's show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Programming note for ESPN this weekend, the Seattle Kraken will be at the Nashville uh, Predators over the weekend, and uh, that's an 11.30 a.m. puck drop. So a little morning, late morning hockey uh, here on your radio dial. Appreciate Andrew for all of his Great contributions to today's show, and certainly appreciate all of you for listening in. We'll be back at it at 4 p.m. on Monday. Uh, Before we let you go, Alabama up 36-32, five minutes into the second half. Miami got Houston on the ropes up 36-31 with four minutes to go in the first half. There will only be four by the next time we see you. That'll be on Monday. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening. Want us now, ESPN Radio. 
Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.